2: Let's get to our guest, the outstanding Joe Theismann, uh, Super Bowl champion, NFL MVP, all-pro quarterback, friend of the show. Joe, good morning, my friend. Thanks for making time for us.
0: You're welcome, Bill. Always good to catch up with you post-Super Bowl.
2: I was just talking about this, and I'm a Bears fan, so I'm particularly interested in what the Bears will do and should do with the number one pick in the draft, where obviously Caleb Williams is is by most people considered the guy, and Justin Fields is the bears quarterback. If you were making the, the decision, or Chicago asked for your advice, Joe, would you choose Justin Fields and whatever you can get for that for that number one overall pick, or would you draft Caleb Williams and move on from, from Justin? I would probably keep Justin Fields. I mean you've invested a lot of
0: time in him, and you're hoping that he's going to be a little bit better you know as with, with you know another year under his belt we've seen a little bit of improvement. I think he needs to be able to throw the ball better. I mean, certainly he's a tremendous athlete and I would consider drafting a quarterback as well. So what you've done is economically, it's not going to cost you a lot of money for Justin Fields. You know, you're not on the hook for 200 plus million. So you, you have economics in your favor. Uh, You bring a young quarterback in to compete. If you believe that it's, it's Caleb or Jalen or, you know, Drake, whatever one of the three you'd like the most. Um, And, and then you have a competition or, or you trade back and you get one of those three guys because somebody's going to want, you know, obviously between Washington and New England, they're two and three. You figure out what they want to do with that position and, uh, and you know, use that collateral, I guess you could say, the draft collateral to garner some more picks to help your football team. So I, there's two ways to go,
2: but I would you know, I wouldn't throw in the towel on Justin Fields yet. I, I really wouldn't. I like him too. Joe, Joe Theismann here on on the show. Joe, every year normally, especially lately as we get close to the draft, there's a a universal perspective that just coalesces around a guy. And when that guy becomes the pick and Bryce Young obviously was was the guy last time around, most people say this is going to work, he's going to succeed, what a great pick. And, and I don't want anyone to fail, but but the history the reality is that a lot of guys taken as the first quarterback don't make it there is no guarantees there are there are no locks, even if it feels like that in in, in the moment. how do you evaluate Caleb Williams? And I know it's not in a vacuum because where you go will dictate i think to a large degree how you succeed but if you're just evaluating him on tape and what he can be, where do you put him on the spectrum between can't miss to whatever you know whatever's below that? You know, I don't think I don't think anybody's. You know, who
0: would have thought C.J. Stroud was going to be a can't miss? You know, and who would have thought Bryce Young would have struggled like he has in Carolina? I mean, these, you know, it's it's such a it's such a difficult position to to predict. One of the reasons why is because normally, if you're being drafted in that position, the team that gets you uh, is probably need a lot more than just you. Now, in this draft, I, I think the Commanders have a, a good nucleus of players. Offensive line being an issue, and Edge rushers probably being the other one. Uh, but you've got a good wide receiving core, solid running back, and, and you know you need help in a few different places. Uh, Chicago is in a position where they get one and nine. You're drafting one and nine, I believe, right now. So you could pick up a little bit more just by moving back and get him. Uh, Caleb, you know, I think he has a lot of raw talent. I think he, he does. I, I think uh, well, Cliff Kingsbury, obviously, is the offensive coordinator in of Washington now. He was at USC a year ago. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if the one and twos wind up figuring out a way to swap, so that you know he becomes the choice of either of the football teams. But I, I think, like anything else, it's a question of processing, learning the system, uh, what's around you. Uh, we saw it with Sam Howell in Washington; Sam got off to a terrific start. The offensive line was fairly healthy. Then all of a sudden, you had problems in the offensive line. He winds up being either the most or second most quarterback sacked in football. So I, I think I think from a talent standpoint. You know, you'd say he's got a really great chance to be special. Then the question is: Is what kind of a system are you going to play in? What's the people around you look like?
2: Joe, outside of Caleb Williams, because obviously there are some other really interesting quarterbacks in the draft. And as you noted, C.J. Stroud, nobody saw that coming. That he was not the first quarterback taken. I mean, the obvious example: Patrick Mahomes was drafted after uh, Mitchell Trubisky by by my. Chicago Bears, which burns a, 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 a little hole in my soul every time I, I bring it up. There just there are there They're are sometimes. <laughs> oh, it's Joe. It's so painful, man. It's but it is what it is. What it is. There's some alternate universe maybe where I'm really a happy Bears fan and we've got like four rings. Uh, who do you like? Not Caleb Williams. Any other quarterbacks in this draft that that jump out to you that you think have the potential, like these other guys, to be really impactful dudes who maybe aren't the first quarterback off the board.
0: You know, I think, I think Bo Nix is, is an interesting one. Uh, he's played a lot of football. He's had a chance to play a lot of football. Um, you know, again, where do you wind up? It's, it's, it's all these kids can throw the football. All these kids can move around. It's how do you handle this game mentally? You know, because you look at the verbiage that some of these coaches put out there. I mean, it's like learning an entirely new language in a very short period of time. And the fact of the matter is, Bill, you don't have a lot of time to learn. You're very restricted in the amount of time that you can spend with your players. You know, the OTAs aren't long. The mini camps aren't long. Training camp is, what, 17 days, I think, or less, of which most of it you can't hit. Uh, you're not going to play in any preseason games. So how much, you know, under-fire contact do you really get um, when you're learning how to play the position of quarterback? So that's why I think the talent is important. But then there's the mental aspect of it and how do you comprehend what you're, you know, fixing to learn. Um, I think Bo's an interesting one to me because uh, has a lot of you know a lot of experience um, and th- like I say he throws the ball pretty well. I'm I'm curious about him.
2: Yeah, it's 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 a really interesting uh, draft. Joe Theismann here on the show. I'm Bill Ryder, CBS Sports Radio. Uh, Joe, Kirk Cousins is getting older, although obviously quarterbacks have played in some cases into their 40s, with a a lot of success. He's coming off uh, an injury that that certainly is is problematic sometimes for guys. But there's not a lot out there. And if we're talking about teams that want to sign a veteran and not draft a quarterback and develop a quarterback and hope that works, he is one of the names. How aggressive do you think teams should be, or not, if Kirk Cousins is available and somebody that that they decide they might want to take a look at in trying to get him on, on the team? I think if you believe
0: you're fairly close, you go get him because he's, he's, going to give you, he's going to give you stability. He's going to give you leadership. Uh, Kirk has not quite been able to get to the level that everybody else, everybody's hoped he would get to, and I'm sure he has as well. But we heard the same thing about Matt Ryan in Atlanta until they got to the Super Bowl, and then you didn't hear any conversation anymore about, well, Matt can't do this, Matt can't do that. I thought Kirk was on his way to a heck of a year last year in Minnesota. I think Kevin's a, a great coach to be able to coach him. He's familiar with, he was familiar with the offense. Uh, I think he would be the guy that people would be very interested in. He's had a lot of time to heal from the Achilles. Um, I know his work ethic. I know how how much he wants to play, and we've seen guys come back and and do very, very well. Um, I think he would be a a hot item for people if the Minnesota Vikings didn't want to go forward. But then again, you have the economic side of it. What kind of a deal? Is it a three-year deal? Is it a five-year deal? Um, you know he 's at forty five i guess about forty five million guaranteed this year. you know is he going to take a cut and pay probably not so you 're going to have to pay a lot of money and it 's going to have to eat into your cap moving forward depending upon what you want in your football team so again i I almost hate to keep circling back to the economics, but you have to consider it in this day and age what everybody 's paying for quarterbacks except for rookies.
2: No, you're, right. and it's it's such a good point you made earlier. I mean, Justin Fields under control for a couple of years. That that is an economic reality that that obviously impacts the cap and the team you can put together. Joe, another team, and the Steelers are a perfect example of a team that thinks they're close. And clearly, we've heard the owner talk. There are expectations that they that they start winning some playoff games. And I think their head coach Mike Tomlin is outstanding. Russell Wilson has been linked with the Steelers, and we'll see if Russell Wilson gets cut by the Broncos or what happens. You talk about the economics. It's not a great deal uh, in terms of what they owe him, uh, but they can move on from him. It'll cost him something in the short term, a lot in the short term. Do you think Russell Wilson is a reasonable bet for a team like the Steelers if he's available? If they want to win yeah, the playoffs? I,
0: I, so. well, I think there's almost a guarantee he's not going to be a Denver Bronco, Bill. I mean, the, the way the way the season ended in Denver, with the relationship out there uh, with the team, with Sean and, and Russell, I, I just, I would, you don't, that's irreparable. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, you don't, you don't fix that situation. I mean, a message has been sent not only to him, but to the team and, and the fans that, that, you know, we're going to move on some way, shape or form. So I would think he would be available. Um, Steelers are certainly a fit, you know, you know, Mason Rudolph played pretty, pretty well down the stretch. Um, you got a lot of – there's a ton of – you and I, we could go through these teams. We could do a two-hour show just talking about the teams that are, you know, looking for people uh, to be able to play the position and hoping they can stay healthy and give them some consistency. Pittsburgh's certainly one of them. And, you know, you just can't say enough about Mike Tomlin and the job he's done. 17 straight years, not have a losing season in the NFL. It's amazing. It's so
2: underappreciated, it's I monumental. think. It's incredible. It really
0: is. It's monumental. Um, and, and, you know, and be right there. In every, most, in, in every season, they're right there at the, at the end, at the hunt. But I think Russell's one. Uh, Kirk is another one uh, that you have to look at that possibly could move. Uh, of course, we're going to have conversations about, you know, Aaron Rodgers back in New York. What's that going to look like? Got the young kids coming in. I, I think, once again, the conversation is going to be dominated by quarterbacks as we move forward towards uh, the beginning of next year.
2: Joe, let me let me close with a question about a dominating quarterback. I'm not breaking any news to you or anybody else that Patrick Mahomes is pretty good at football, and the Chiefs are have a <laughs> stranglehold over everything. If, Fair enough. Now, I I lived in Kansas City. I covered that Chiefs team. My kids were born there. So while I'm not a Chiefs fan, I, I know Clark on a little bit, like a reporter can when you spend some time with somebody. I like the organization from you know up close, and I like Mahomes from a distance. But there are many people who are over it, including our producer, I think. No, he likes these guys. Uh, there are a lot of people who are tired of the Chiefs dominating. Outside of Joe Burrow, because obviously not healthy this past year in the Bengals, what is the best hope in the AFC if you are one of these people who are tired of seeing Patrick Mahomes in the AFC Championship game in the Super Bowl?
0: The Baltimore Ravens. You know Lamar was the uh, MVP this year. Um, in, that, in that playoff game, there were a couple things that the Ravens did. Um, offensively, you get a taunting penalty which sets you back. Defensively, you get a couple of roughing penalties, which helps them out. It seemed like in every playoff game, except the one uh, against Miami, where the temperature was like minus 150 degrees, in every one of those games, the defense or the other teams seemed to help out Kansas City. And to their credit, they capitalized on it. We saw it in the Super Bowl. You miss an extra point. You have a, a ball in the kicking game. Hit somebody in the foot. You wind up you're up points there and, and look at the differential in the game. Uh, my feeling is always this. And, you know, in, in the eighties, the Washington Redskins were a very dominant football team. One went to four world championships and won three of them. Um, and, you know, when you win a lot, people don't like you. Just, we heard the same thing about the new England Patriots. My feeling is if you don't want me to keep winning, then just be, if you want to stop Patrick Mahomes, then figure out a way to stop him. But I would think that the, the, the team you know, you just don't know about Joe and that football team. You're just there's there's uncertainty there. I hope he comes back healthy and he can stay healthy for an entire season. Um, but right now, if you look at the Ravens, with if they want to add maybe a running back, they want to add a little, a few things. they're not that far away, like I say, just a mistake here, a mistake there, kept them out of the Super Bowl. So you- now you're in a, now you're in a situation where who's the team? I think it's the Baltimore Ravens.
2: All right, you chief haters out there, there's some hope for you. Uh Joe Thysman is always an absolute pleasure. Thanks for thanks for being on the radio show today.